welcome back to the Dear Heart and the Brain podcast show, where we discuss general health, fitness, and science. This is the sixth part of the special micronutrient series, where I'll be breaking down the fundamentals of vitamin and mineral metabolism so that you can understand its mechanism and subsequent impact on your well-being. Whether you're walking your dog, driving to work, or doing household chores, you're in for a fabulous adventure. Today, we will be exploring vitamin K, which is an anti hemorrhagic factor, meaning it'll help you clot your blood when you're bleeding. Sources of vitamin K often include green veggies such as kale, spinach, and Brussels sprouts, and our gut can actually produce vitamin K, but however, it can only provide a minor portion of this vitamin needed to satisfy the human requirement. Newborns often have low vitamin K stores because of poor placenta transfer, which are complicated by conditions in the infant that will make it the inability to have normal levels of clotting factors. Adults with this deficiency are most common when a patient is receiving antibiotics as they should be closely monitoring the signs of vitamin K deficiency. We'll talk a little bit more about why later. So vitamin K, right? Vitamin K, how does it, how does it stop bleeding? And it does this as a cofactor. And the general framework is that it helps convert glue residues to GLA residues, glue and GLA, right? G-L-U and G-L-A. That can bind to calcium ions by clotting factors. Clotting factors, right? We got prothrombin, we got factor 7, 9, and 10. And vitamin K helps with this glutaclot conversion for calcium binding so that coagulation complexes on phospholipids can actually be established at the site of your boo boo. We need activation of clotting factors as well as calcium binding sites in our clotting factors for coagulation to happen. And just like vitamin E, vitamin K absorption and transport resembles cholesterol as a fat-soluble vitamin in any condition that results in a general impairment of lipid absorption will adversely affect vitamin K absorption. So vitamin K, just know that it's not directly involved in stopping bleeding. Rather, vitamin K will help the gamma carboxylation of blue residues to be converted into GLA. Um, And this plays a huge role in calcium binding for coagulation factors to negatively charge lipids at the injury right and mechanistically there are intrinsic and extrinsic factors that merge at the point of factor x and here the pro enzyme factor x will convert to factor xa and this will activate prothrombin into thrombin and thrombin will convert fibrinogen to fibrin and then factor 7 9 and 10 will be activated by thrombin to amplify the cascade. So what happens when all these factors are activated, right? So these clotting factors actually have like a propeptide in the ER when it penetrates itself and it'll be recognized by the gamma carboxylase, um, which will have anchors for the clotting factors so that GLA can become, uh, glue can become GLA. And this process requires vitamin K as the active factor as KH2. So, right, we have all the we have all the clotting factors activated and it's inside the cell in the ER and all that's left is for glue to be converted to GLA and we can have formation of coagulation at the side of your boo-boo. So we just talked about how the reduced form of K, K which is called KH2 is an active factor and converts itself into a strong base first, which is like K minus, of course. And it will use a hydrogen atom to form a glucarbanion. And this will result in an extra 
COOH group on the glue residue. And this leads to a new calcium binding at the GLA residue, right? Once the glue to GLA conversion is done, the cage 2 will be converted into an epoxide and um, for the recycling, there is something called V-Core, which is a reductase that will reduce KH2 back into the vitamin K cycle. And after the carboxylation, those clotting factors will be released for additional modifications in the Golgi apparatus and then the propeptide. Like, this is really important. The propeptide that allowed it to penetrate into the ER will be released by furin, which is like really essential for the coagulation factors to actually function in the zamogens. Like for example, bleeding disorders have been shown to be the result of propeptides still being attached. So that release is super important for coagulation factors to actually happen. And it's important to note that warfarin, right? It's an anticoagulant drug and it's often prescribed to individuals who have suffered with a heart attack as a blood thinner. And warfarin acts mechanistically by inhibiting V-core. And when V-Core is inhibited, we, we, inhibited we, we can't recycle the KH2 back to the epoxy, we can't recycle the epoxy back to the KH2. And we need more KH2 in order for the glue to glare reaction or transformation to happen, right? Thankfully, there's something called the DT diaphorase, which is insensitive to warfarin. And this DT gets vitamin K reduced back to KH2 which helps if you have a high concentration of VK from or vitamin K in your intake when you are on the blood thinner, but it can't reduce it to the epoxide. Um, and there's such thing as warfarin resistance where there's a high turnover of this blood thinner drug by the P450 system, and it's due to high vitamin K intake. And in fact, vitamin K is actually the standard procedure to treat Warfarin intoxication because we have the DT reducing the KH2 going on for the reaction for glue to GLA and blood clotting factors to really do its work. Well, my friend, that's all I have for you today about vitamin K and the roles in the body. I know this is a relatively shorter episode, but I hope you had a thorough understanding of how vitamin K works mechanistically in your metabolism. I hope you've been enjoying these past two episodes in this micronutrient series, and I'm going to leave you with the same message I leave you in every single one of our Dear Heart and the Brain podcast episodes. Keep that brain sharp, keep that heart healthy, and go dominate. Thanks so much for your time and attention, and above all, thanks for your interest in science.